Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. and Brandon Newman, presented by DraftKings. All right, while um, certainly arguing about training camp fights and whether or not Aaron Donald should be suspended uh, is relatively more normal NFL fair and certainly an interesting conversation, but Brandon, uh, far more serious NFL news that we have to bring to light now. Uh, For anyone, uh, obviously we've dealt a lot over the last couple of years with the Deshaun Watson case and allegations of sexual impropriety and sexual assault and have always acknowledged that those are things that are, you know, triggering for anybody or make anyone uncomfortable based on past experience then obviously we'll make note of that in the show notes of the time where this starts it'll be easier this is at the top of the the second part of our podcast but uh you've heard us talk on this podcast a lot glowingly about Matareza, the former san diego state punter known as the punt god who was the draft pick for the buffalo bills and recently won their starting job as their punter Yesterday, uh, the Bills rookie was accused, along with two other current and former San Diego State football players, of gang-raping a 17-year-old girl last year in a civil lawsuit filed on Thursday. The lawsuit involves allegations against the three current and former players, including Areza, um, and states that Areza, who was 22 at the time, was having sex with a then-high school senior outside of an off-campus party before bringing her inside a room where she was repeatedly raped, according to the Los Angeles Times. The lawsuit states that the minor went in and out of consciousness, but remembers moments as the men took turns assaulting her, according to the Times. Um, You can read the piece in the Los Angeles Times. There are some very graphic details in this case and what we already know publicly. Now, Matareza's lawyer, Carrie Armstrong, called the accusations false and told the Times investigator that he spoke with witness, to witnesses from the party who contradicted what was stated in the lawsuit. Um, but this, going back to when it was reported, the day after the party, the teen reported the rape to the San Diego police who opened an investigation. Now, no arrests had been made. And prior to this, the subjects had not been publicly identified, suspects had not been publicly identified, but detectives recently submitted their findings to the DA's office to determine whether charges should be filed. According to the Times, the attorney who filed the lawsuit said this was a horrific crime, the kind of which happens all too often. What makes the crimes different is not only that they were committed by self-entitled athletes, just as awful as the crimes, for months, multiple organizations, San Diego State, the San Diego Police Department, and the San Diego DA, and now the Buffalo Bills, have acted the part of enablers looking the other way in denial that my client deserves justice even if the defendants are prized athletes. 
The Bills came out with their statement and said that we were recently made aware of a civil complaint involving Matt from October 2021. Due to the serious nature of the complaint, we conducted a thorough examination of this matter as this is an ongoing case civil legal excuse me as this is an ongoing civil case legal we will have no other comment at this point now brandon they mentioned uh san diego state uh the lawsuit comes they are facing criticism after the times investigation found that the university decided not to alert the campus community about the alleged gang rape and waited more than seven months to launch its own investigation and i think coming off of this with with what we have been made aware of now that's what's going to be called into question is what everyone knew when and certainly san diego state and the san diego police department are not going to be immune to that but also the buffalo bills who just made the decision in this last week to cut the punter that Matt Areza had been competing with in camp and essentially hand him the job. Did they know about this in the process leading up? Had they, like many other NFL teams claim to do, gone and done enough research and in their mind decided that they either had enough to absolutely know that what they heard happen here was not true or that it was worth the risk for them? I'm not sure what that is from Buffalo side. But as we talked about a lot in the case with Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, Brandon, the one thing that, uh, and the position that we're in with the NFL, their franchises and instances of domestic or sexual violence is there is no benefit of the doubt afforded to these teams. And we need to ask, and there should be hard questions asked of the Buffalo Bills about what they knew when and why Matt Areza is still employed by this team based on what we've heard. And I know we did so many of these conversations with the cases surrounding Deshaun Watson. Here, we're still waiting to find out if there will be criminal charges pressed. And we know that makes a huge difference around the NFL. We saw the response, right, wrong, or indifferent, to what happened with Deshaun Watson once the criminal charges were not going to be filed against him. Then began the true free agent frenzy for that player. But Brandon, it is just another one of those sad reminders that we always do need to be a bit guarded because we do not know the people that we are watching on the screen. And as much fun as it was to talk up this player for what we knew then, obviously now this is going to become a very different conversation. And frankly Brandon we had so many conversations around Deshaun Watson relative to the position he played and why that was a reason a struggling franchise would do what they've done we can argue about what the right thing is to do here and there's a very very valid argument for cutting Matt Areza now based on the details that are already a part of this but people will say this is a civil case that this has to be something we wait out and see the commissioner's exempt list was something that immediately came to mind for me but also for Buffalo the notion that you'd be able to risk this much of your reputation without absolute certainty of interest in the name of a punter is another part of this that is either the height of hubris or again maybe they truly know something that we don't in this situation but it is shocking that they wouldn't do the easy pr thing i'm not even saying giving them credit like we've talked about before for being doing the good thing or the right thing here but doing the easy pr thing and cutting a punter when you had another one he was competing with during camp 
it's again a reason why there should be a lot of questions but again I, I encourage everyone go read the Los Angeles Times article about this you will read a, and come ready there are graphic details about what was described and what is accused in this situation and so we will keep you up to date on more with this Brandon we are just learning a lot of this now at least on our end but it is a uh, a very tragic thing your, your thoughts go with the alleged victim and what this process is because as we've learned over time these are not always um crimes where the legal system always does right by the victims right. so it's it's just a hard thing to try and wrap your arms around i mean and obviously the nfl the nfl and the teams don't often do what's right in a justice standpoint to the to the alleged accusers and uh, as much as I want to, I just, my heart goes out to this young lady. And I'm so glad that she filed charges the next day because that obviously leads to uh, this case obviously finding some resolution at some point in time, the immediacy on her part after what appears to be a, a, a traumatic, tragic, violent, terrible incident that's far too much connected to NFL players, football players in general. And that's the thing that makes this sick to my stomach. It's it's this level of, of violence and and uh, and the the fact that a lot of these criminal stories that come out from the NFL, the victims are often women. It just it's 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 one of those black marks on football, Mike, that it makes it uh hard troubling to 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 root for and to uh kind of have the 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 freak flag of us just being all out NFL football fans because of these type of black marks that 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 come along with it and I hope that the Buffalo Bills did not know like obviously we know they they all these NFL teams say they do an investigation we all know all those look differently you've mentioned to me before strength is relative right the strength of their investigation into Matareza I'm hoping did not shine light on these uh alleged incidents because I would hope that they wouldn't go as far as to, as you said, let another punter go and let him win the spot, but also draft him in the first place, Mike, because this is is something that's been out there for a a, long time. Well, I, I, we don't know that. That's the one thing I do not know is how long. I would say this, if if San Diego state withheld for seven months to tell the community about it, in my mind, this happened a long for, it happened a long time ago. Yeah, I, I guess that's the big part of this is when the Bills stay in their statement, we conducted a thorough examination of this matter. Did they conduct a thorough examination when they heard about this recently? Like you said, did they conduct this examination before the draft? And I, 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 they're going to have to rightly answer a lot of questions about this before I'm comfortable hearing the side of this where they don't cut Matareza. Everyone's going to do the, you know, he needs to be innocent until proven guilty. You can be innocent in the court of law. You can maintain your freedom as an individual and you can get jobs and you can work. But having this kind of job and being someone who is part of a very visible representation of this organization is a different ballgame. And I think that's a part of this we don't often talk about enough is yes, you are entitled to hear your side of the story first, especially when it comes to your legal rights to your personal freedom if this does become a criminal case. 
or, or even if it says a civil case, Matareza has the right to have his side of this heard in the court of law. But based on the details we already know, I don't think that means he needs to keep his job as a very well-known punter of a team that is the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. And I think there's enough room for nuance in how we discuss these things to acknowledge that that's a very real reality that they could and should cut him based on what they already know. But we will wait and we will see what other details emerge from this process. But again, that's the latest news about that. So, um, Brandon, the uh, the no easy transition line, uh, all too appropriate here. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, that would, took the wind out of everyone's sails yesterday and is still something that after everything with Deshaun Watson and the suspension where we thought we'd finally get a break from having that be such an ever-present headline, uh, getting handed this is is difficult. So let's... Shake it out for a second and look towards the NBA. And unfortunately, I wish this were better news, but I guess relative, it's at least normal sports news because it deals with injury. And that would be Oklahoma City Thunder rookie Chet Holmgren, who now is unfortunately going to miss the upcoming season after suffering a Liz Frank injury to his right foot. He was playing in that crossover pro-am event with LeBron James up in Seattle this past weekend. And on a play where he was defending LeBron James in the uh, under the basket, you saw him come up lame and kind of hop off the court there. And so, Brandon, hugely disappointing. Chet Holmgren was someone everyone was really excited to see. This seven foot unicorn who, you know, you never want to go with like a comp like this, but at least physical skill set wise, was something the closest to Kevin Durant we've seen come up in quite some time. Where you've got a guy right. who's a gifted ball handler. And a smooth shooter from beyond the arc. And for Oklahoma City, which is a franchise that has seen a lot of stars come and go and leave its doors, to have someone come to you like this in the draft is all you can really hope for. You're not often going to get to like free agent Paul George this thing or work a trade that makes it happen. And so right. disappointing for a, a young team where Sam Presti had been stockpiling draft picks and was starting to amass some talent that might again help them be relevant. But... Brandon, the other question that started coming up with all this, because obviously that's just a bummer for them, but a lot of people looking at these pro-ams now and wondering, is this going to be the end of us seeing high-profile NBA players going out and playing these events when you've got a guy who was a young rookie of the year contender now not going to be able to play because he was out here at a gym where we've heard we've heard all the stuff about they had to stop playing there because it was so overcrowded and packed and humid that the court was starting to get liquid on top of it and they couldn't keep it dry fast enough and ended up being circumstances that they deemed unfit for these guys to play on. This injury was a little more of a, a freak accident, Brandon, right. than I think anything associated with that, but... I'd be curious to see the response from NBA teams. I think like anything else, it's going to be unevenly legislated, right? If you've got a young player, you're going to have a better chance of being able to tell him no because uh, I I talked to Jason Fitz, friend of ours, who talked to Bobby Marks, who is a ESPN front office NBA insider, and he said teams already have to give approval for players to play in you know non-NBA events oh, okay. in their offseason. So when these guys go play in the Pro-Am, this is something that the teams have to sign off for. There's potentially financial ramifications for players who would go and play in these things otherwise. Now you just wonder if a lot fewer guys are going to get the green light to go, and especially guys that are young players that are important to their team like that. Because I don't think anyone in the Lakers organization is going to be able to tell LeBron if he wants to go play in the Drew League, you can't do that. That seems like less of a conversation. But for a guy who's a rookie like that, 
it, it sucks because so many of the, these were cool events this summer. Mm-hmm. It was an awesome chance. We hadn't seen as much of these guys going and doing this. And I know so much of it was centered around LeBron James, but it ended up being us getting to see a bunch of these other guys circling there. You saw Paolo Bancaro was there also from this rookie class with Chet Holmgren and a couple of other current pros, but this may put a dent into just how many of those young guys we see in the near future because it's such a big and pointed example. I I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. That was a really cool part of this summer, getting a chance to see these guys, and I think the inertia is there. I don't know if this injury specifically will stop it, uh, I do worry that the NBA will overcorrect and not let more player guys play, but not too worried because it was one thing that really in my world only existed for me in the last seven years. You know, you know, I mean, I know Drew League's been going on for a very long time, and so is pro-ams around the country, but my interest in it, you know, I, it's not to be all in all me. They can go away, and I'll, I'll be just fine. My thing, my, my no, issue I, is, I, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I, I understand that. And for you and I, we're both casual fans of that. But I do understand in basketball where you grew up with places like Rucker Park and all these different venues right. outside of the NBA that are such a revered part of the sports backstory and what makes it great is getting these chances to see NBA players come and interact I had a buddy of mine who put on pro-ams in Connecticut, and even getting guys that were middle-of-the-pack NBA players to come back with that mattered to those communities and places where people might not always get to see these guys, people might not have the means to go to these games in the regular season, and so this might be as close as some people get to that product, and it's just baked into the fabric of basketball so I can understand the crowd of people that would be disappointed if that became a thing that was less popular again. Yeah, but you you mentioned Kevin Durant already, and this was the highest draft pick since Kevin Durant uh, for for OKC. And obviously, there's a lot we're waiting on for them. But I feel like Chet. I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing. Now I know we like, we obviously all wanted to see him, and obviously we hope that he comes back and has a speedy recovery. But I'm interested in what Oklahoma City Thunder do without him because we've kind of seen flashes to know that he is a pretty much one of those instant difference maker guys. So I don't think that I think that's going to be that's still going to be the case next year, right? I'm interested in seeing what it looks like for a guy like him to be in an NBA locker room schedule, uh, rehab facility, like those type of that type of education that he was going to get off the court. I'm interested in seeing what type of bad boy he could be at the end of this, right? Because, like, he was such a a small frame on such a big body in my world, in my mind. I was thinking this may be a guy that might get injured pretty early on when you get to the physical rough and tough of the NBA. Obviously, he's shown how big and and how much he can compete with these guys. But sometimes sometimes, uh, you can look at the silver lining of this and and think that this guy may have a a bigger ceiling based on the fact that he's – taking a backseat for this initial rookie season. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? 
They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. So he joins a list of other top five picks to miss their first season. Ben Simmons missed year one with the fractured foot. Joel Embiid, fractured foot. Greg Oden, fractured knee. And Blake Griffin, injured kneecap. So it's not unprecedented, unprecedented, Brandon. You're right, especially with guys that are bigger guys. All those guys we listed there are guys that are, you know, 6'10 plus are in that range. So we know there's a different stress on the body. I guess the other thing with this too, and I heard Jalen Rose make this point on on Jalen and Jacoby, is if you think about pushing back hard against these pro-ams, his point was well-received that we hear all the time when guys sign big contracts that there's, you know, motorcycle clauses in there or an agreement that you won't do things like go downhill skiing or things that'll put you in danger that aren't germane to your sport that you'd be doing away from that. This is playing basketball. Right. This is playing basketball in the way that you've got to in the offseason to improve on your craft. And right. we can say all the things about the place there. He was playing against LeBron James and other pros. Yeah. Like, this is better than him going and hooping in another location where there might be guys that are comparatively lesser skilled. Because the one thing, like, I always remember, like, this line uh, early in training camp when there's, you know, guys like me who are future podcast hosts and not future NFL players out there. <laughs> it was the, the joke was, don't trip the athletes. Because when you've got guys of varied skill levels on the field, what can happen is you've got guys that aren't good enough to be in the position they need to be for the rest of the play, and it ends up compromising the people that are playing at that top speed. And so when you mix and match that, like you can get in some of these environments, then you got room for injury to happen. That's why the preseason's often so concerning, because there's mixed bags of who's where on the field in a way that's not the normal chess match that we see, even in the most violent sport like football. But basketball, similar case, but this one wasn't that he was playing with arguably the greatest player of all time who also felt comfortable enough being out there like LeBron James is coming off an injury season and felt that this environment was a comfortable enough one for him to play in that he was going to go out there and potentially risks that so you were in a place where everyone had the same thought processes we want to have a good time we want to get some runs and obviously make sure everyone gets to the NBA regular season so I don't know how much we want to overreact to that, even if it sucks as the end result. The reason you can't is because at the end of the day, they're trying to get better. And they're out there doing the thing, playing ball. They're not playing with their nephews, not playing with their high school alma mater. They're playing with other NBA players or other uh, like-level players. Obviously, Pro-Am is not all NBA players. But Rico Hines, I don't know if you know the name, but he runs. He has uh, famous runs at UCLA with uh, – NBA players all the time. I I was invited there uh, once, not invited, I kind of snuck in with joy, Um, but it was UCLA's practice uh, facility is where the, the volleyball team plays in the basketball court, and it was three courts. It was like the majority of the, uh, the Toronto Raptors, uh, Westbrook, um, LeBron was sitting down watching, James Harden was playing, uh, you know, Fred Van Fleet, there was a, 
all kinds of uh, Paul George. There was all kinds of athletes, and it was crazy, Mike, to see this like pick up basketball between these guys and how these guys play basketball uh, to get better, but they're also um, having fun, being serious, and the runs and things like that. I was watching it how fast that was, Mike, and it was very controlled. No referees, just all guys that know what they're doing. Rich Paul's on the sideline watching this before Adele. And I was like, oh, somebody could get hurt here. But then, like you said about don't trip the athletes, I thought about it. I was like, "Mm, those guys that could get these guys hurt probably didn't get invited to this run. And that's just the reality of it. And and you have to play basketball to get better at basketball. So how could they – clamp down on a a team getting better it's like trying to put a a stipulation clause on treadmills after somebody rolls their ankle yeah and that's why I, i really don't imagine we'll see a huge reaction to this on that front i think you might see some teams be a little bit more conservative especially like you think of a team like okc who is trying to get themselves back to relevancy and what they once enjoyed maybe then like you said it'd be specific you can do this to rookies and high profile guys and say before they know better or before they have that superstar control that's relative to a lot of guys in the nba hey man we we really just want you to you know stick to runs in even more controlled environments in places that are going to have air conditioning. We don't have to worry about all of that other stuff. Even if it wasn't the culprit here, we just know how so many of these teams operate. They're trying to protect an investment, and a lot of times that causes you to overreact. I hope it's not the case because it really is cool. And I'm sure it's awesome for Chet Holmgren and them to get some runs at this outside of just, you know, playing in the summer league. Like, he's getting to go against the guys that he's expected to do battle with that are the big boys on these other teams. And so... We'll, we'll wait and see what happens. But again, sucks for Chet Holmgren. That is the you know baseline beginning part of this is that what happened for Chet, awful. We hope he gets better very, very soon and would certainly can't wait to see him back on the court in an actual NBA game because mm-hmm. I doubt I – I know one thing, Chet Holmgren will not be playing in a pro-am before next season. I'm pretty comfortably booking that, that we won't have to worry about seeing him in any of those settings next weekend. But uh, Brandon – you know what we will see on this podcast yet again? What's that, Michael? It's our friends at Knock Around Sunglasses. Not my most artful transition. I was coming off an injury, so I didn't want to say anything too kitschy. But okay. this is kind of a way to get us to the fun finish of the podcast. Knock Around Sunglasses. They are polarized sunglasses that cost right around $30 a pair. I have them. Brandon's got his on his way. He is excited to look good and feel even better. They're great protection Can't against wait. the sun. They look good because... You can style them in all sorts of colors. We know Brandon is really into purple between the Lakers and Ravens, so we'll see if that works its way into the palette. You can customize them all. The front, the arms, the lenses, the logo color. There's over a billion possible combinations in the Knockaround Custom Shop. They're perfect for going for a run. Runner's World Magazine named them as a 2021 Editor's Choice. They're lightweight with great clarity, and they have a rubber nose, so there's no slip slide or bounce. Knockaround sunglasses are high-quality polarized sunglasses at a truly affordable price. And right now, our listeners can get 20% off. Just go to knockaround.com and enter the code GOJO at checkout for 20% off. Again, that's promo code GOJO at checkout. Gets you 20% off the already very affordable sunglasses. That is a great deal. But Brandon, you know what else is a great deal? What's that? It's me getting to ask this question and find out your answer. Uh, do you know what time it is, Brandon? Whew. Lord Jesus. I'm too hot, hot damn. Call the police and the fireman. I'm too hot, hot damn. Make a dragon on a retire, man. I'm too hot, hot 
Goddamn. Sweating. Say my name, I know who I am, the new high. Goddamn. My band's about that money. Break it down. This, that, and the third. Ooh. This, that, and the third. Ooh. This, that, and the third. Ooh. Cause Gojo gon' gon' give it to you. Cause Gojo show gon' give it to you. Cause Gojo show gon' give it to you. Saturday night, we in the spot. This, that, and the third. Come on. It's all deadly. This, that, and the I'm never third. sure. <laughs> I get railroaded by the Brandon Newman heart out every time lately. Want dynamic? <laughs> this man is a chameleon. Michelle told me, she was like, you always go one longer than we than, than it should be and that we think. It's like, you're welcome. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I'm also glad that you sang a song about being hot because we're both sweating our asses off. Let's get to the finish of this one and get everyone out here on a high note for their Friday, Brandon. Um... And let's start it off with this uh, personal announcement time on this show. Yes. I'm pretty sure at some point I've talked about working with Learfield College Radio this fall for the college football season. And if I haven't, shame on me. I'm excited to be part of college football Saturday night with Learfield Audio all this fall. We're going to be on the road myself and play-by-play announcer Sloan Martin, who you guys have maybe heard as the voice of the Minnesota Lynx, as well as working over at the Big Ten, calling all variety of sports there at the Big Ten Network. But excited to get on the road with Sloan and the fine folks over at Learfield this fall for some of the best Saturday night matchups in college football. And we're going to start it off. we got the first three weeks of the season. And so this is just my, my humble request to anyone who's listening to this or anyone who hears the sound of this. If I'm coming to your city, if I'm coming to your school, please download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star rating and a review. Or follow us on Twitter at Gojo Show and tweet me any recommendations, man, where I need to eat, where I need to drink, what I need to do when I'm in that city because I want to make sure I'm getting the full experience because that's one of my favorite parts, Brandon, of calling college games is I get to go to a lot of stadiums that I didn't get to play at, that we didn't get to play at while we were in college, that I haven't gotten to see and experience in that way. And so getting to go and leave all these is cool. And we got the first three weeks of the schedule up and out there already. Week one, going to be down in Gainesville at the Swamp as Utah comes into town for that matchup on uh, week one of college football season. I'm excited. I haven't been down to the Swamp since I took an unofficial there in like 2007. So I'm excited to see what's changed and what hasn't. Week two, 
ASU on the road in Stillwater for Oklahoma State, the team that we saw most recently play Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. And then week three, Michigan State at Washington. And Brandon, that's another one. Washington, we played, Notre Dame played Washington our freshman year when I was redshirting. And so didn't travel to that game, didn't get to see it, heard it's a beautiful campus. So pumped for all that. Please, anyone, if you got Rex, I want all of them. I want to know what to do if I'm coming to a place that means something to you. Mike, I got to throw you off real quick. When's the last time you called a game? Last time I called a game was the Duke's Mayable. Michael. I didn't know it had been yeah. that long. All right, what, all right, okay, okay. What are you most? I know you're excited to get into the campus thing. What are you most excited about the actual job that you're getting uh, paid to do? Like, what, like, what is? What are you excited about when you get in the booth, watching the game, talking your shit? Uh, I mean, being in stadiums again because 2020, when we had to do remote broadcasts, I was doing them Ooh, from a yeah. digital studio in Bristol, and it just doesn't hit the same. It was fun. Those were Thursday nights with me and Matt Barry. And they were fun, but there's nothing like the energy of a live game. Calling games is the closest feeling I get to when we were getting ready to play a game. I get to watch film all week, get occasionally get to talk to coaches. You get to be around the players and be in these stadiums and get a sense for what's going on, what the pulses of this program. And to do that, to get a chance to tell stories of the players on the team, because you and I got to live this. And I've always said, I didn't have, we talked about it with Ross, I didn't have a long NFL career. I didn't have that to fall back on. I I have college football. It's a thing that's meant something to me my whole life. And as the world's changed around college players, and so many people, I think, make judgments on what they think college players are at this point in time, I always want to make sure if there's an opportunity to tell the stories about what's really happening and the current young people that are playing, that we try and do justice by that. So to me, I like I know that sounds like super altruistic and feely, but I, I think it's the most important part of the job, and I think that's the thing that we need to try and make sure we do best in all this. So I'm yeah. I'm pumped, man. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be no, awesome. I'm, so. I'm, I'm I'm excited to hear it. Every team that will have you, like they should be excited because of those reasons that you're passionate about it. Could you imagine? I asked that question and they're like, well, the money is really nice. I really like getting paid uh, for to, to talk. Like, no, you're focused on the kids. You're focused on the us's of the world because Lord knows we think we're a lot younger than we are in our brains until we meet one of those yeah. kids. And they're like, oh, hello, mister. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I I have I probably give off very like how do you do fellow kids vibes at this point when I'm back on college campuses. So oh, yeah. I'm trying. I, I I'll try not to be the weird looking old guy on your campus. I just want to have a good time with everyone there. So looking forward to that one. Pumped. We're gonna talk to Sloan Martin on the show at some point next week, so you guys can get to know her because I get to spend every Saturday for 13 weeks with Sloan and Tom Bowman, who's our producer, and the rest of our great crew for college football Saturday nights with Learfield. So pump for that one. Make sure you check it out. We'll have plenty more ways for you to listen as we go along in the season. But uh, Brandon, let's get to that because uh, that we can give some football updates here because the Jets just can refuse to ever have a normal one. This is more of a news and notes, this, that, and the third. Yeah. But uh, New York Jets wide receiver Denzel Mims, a 2020 second-round pick out of Baylor, informed the team on Thursday that he wants to be traded, his agent said in a statement. He had been frustrated with the lack of opportunities. uh, His agent said Denzel has tried in good faith, but it's clear he does not have a future with the Jets. Denzel vowed to come back better than ever this season, and he worked extremely hard in the offseason to make that happen. Still, he's been given very few opportunities to work with the starting offense and get into a groove with them. Uh... Brandon, he, you know, Denzel Mims is someone who, coming out of Baylor, 
had a lot of promise. There was a lot of hope there. He was a receiver I liked coming out of college. But we know the way things have gone for the Jets and the coaching changes that are a part of this. You know, he was there under the previous administration. All of that complicates, as well as the quarterback situation, complicates the development for young players that play dependent positions. So I feel for the dude, but this is just another, like, the board in a factory where it's days without incident, days without some headline being about anything other than potentially winning football on the board for the Jets. We're back at zero. Listen, I, the Robert Sala, like, I trust him. Like, I trust that Robert Sala. Like, I, I, I really do think that if this player is trying to get out of that system, then he's not down with the 60%. You ask me, Mike, what's the 60%? I'll tell you right now. Robert Sala was wearing a 60% shirt the other day and was asked about it, and he's obsessed with the uh, Navy SEALs. And I guess they famously say that what your body is capable of can only get tapped into once you go 40% of the way, right? Like when, you go, when you're doing something physical, when you're doing something, you're exerting yourself and you feel like you can't go anymore, that's 40% of what you can do. And you can't tap into the 60% of your potential until you get to that 40%. I feel like this MIMS guy may not be trying to get to that 40% fast enough because I am blindly trusting Robert Sala with this thing. And I, that's, that's just why I hear. If you're trying to get away from that guy, 60% guy, you're, you're making a mistake quite, maybe. You possibly could be. Maybe. I'm always going to throw some bail. I don't know Denzel Mims, and obviously everyone's situation is different. It's kind of like transfers in college. I always acknowledge that maybe the situation's just not working, and you got limited opportunities. You know, a second rounder is a lot different than a first rounder in the way that you're perceived around the league and the opportunities that you're going to get following that. So I don't begrudge people for going after what they want, and really anyone for getting away from the Jets, because as much as we trust Rob Sala, this is not an organization where good things have traditionally happened. So take that for what it is. But Brandon... Let's get to the third, because this is really the important headline of the day. Wait a minute. South Carolina's got a mascot problem, Brandon. What did I say? Did I say the third? Yeah. Yeah. What was this? This is a deeper dive into what we talked about with Ross Tucker here. South Carolina's no, live no. rooster mascot is getting a new nickname. I'm saying, what was this? I thought I thought Mims was, Mims was, Mims was this, this, and this, this is that? No, this was my announcement about going on the road with college football Saturday uh, night. That was the Denzel Mim argument. And now the third is us having the longer conversation that South Carolina's live rooster mascot getting a new name deserves. Following now. Continue, sir. It's the end of the week. We're all, we're all struggling in our own <laughs> way here. So if anyone's ever seen it, South Carolina, in addition to having cocky, their you know, big mascot in the costume like most other places, has a live rooster mascot on the field who was formerly known as Sir Big Spur. Sir Big Spur is not a mascot that is owned by the university. He had two handlers in Mary Snelling and Ron Albertelli who had been in charge with being the caretakers for this bird and owned the bird and been handling that for a while around South Carolina. They decided they wanted to retire, so they handed it over to Beth and Van Clark. The disagreement starts when the comb, so think on top of a rooster's head, like, you know, you've got the the red gizzard and you've got the red flappy on the top of the head. That's called the comb on top of the head. The prior owners would trim the comb because the gamecock in the, like the renderings you'd see elsewhere on campus doesn't have the comb on top, so it makes it look more like the real mascot. The new owners cited, you know, a bunch of humane reasons saying they didn't want to trim 
that because there's health benefits for the animal for it to be left on. I think from what I read, it has something to do with kind of regulating internal temperature for the animal. And especially a mascot that's going to be down on hot fields. It makes sense. The prior owners decided they didn't like that, and so they took their ball and went home. And they are not going to allow the use of the name Sir Big Spur. The university's legal team got involved and basically said, we don't really want to get, for lack of a better term, we don't want to get sued for trying to use the name of a bird on the sideline or whatever a rooster technically is. I always get the, you know, phoenix. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Avian. So, the fine folks at the state it's a paper covering a number of things down there, but in this case, covering this case, put up a poll on God's internet and said, what new name should South Carolina give the live mascot rooster? And there were some ones in there that flat out weren't going to get the job done. Uh, Kicking Chicken, Mr. Chicken Scratch, Captain Cluck, Brewster. Got to some pretty decent ones. Marco Pollo. Spelled like Marco Polo. Okay, okay, okay. Which I thought is, is actually excellent. Uh, Cockadoodle Dude, General, Coop Cooper, Cluck Norris was a pretty good one. Right. But then we've got the one currently in the lead. So there are probably around 11,000 votes for this. 10,101 of those votes belong to Cock Commander. If you've been wondering why Cock Commander has been trending on your Twitter timeline for the better part of the last 24 hours, it's because of this poll. And Brandon, now I feel like South Carolina doesn't really have much of a choice. There's only one answer. You've (laughs) got to usher in the era of the Cock Commander on this, Brandon. Yeah, I think Cock Commander, uh, there's a, it's, a, it's complex. I love alliteration, for one. Um, I do like the uh, invention with the Spanish uh, pollo, because uh, you're out there, El Polo Loco. I, I know that's not how you say it. El Pollo Loco. Mike, you got to go. Best, best Brandon? chips. What? Brandon, I think I can help you out with that problem you had. What? Because I realized we also forgot to do this earlier in the show. Brandon, you're struggling with your Spanish. I have someone who might be able to help you, if you don't mind. Our friends at Babbel, one of our proud sponsors on this podcast, and we thank them for their support. We want you to support the people that support us. And if you're like Brandon, and if you struggle with the pronunciation of El Pollo Loco, then you might want to dip over to Babbel here. Maybe you're getting ready for a trip. Maybe you just want to pronounce things better in your daily life. Babbel's the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to their addictively fun and bite-sized language lessons, you're going to have a lot easier time doing this. You only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson. So you can actually go out here and in as little as three weeks, start having real-life conversations in a new language. Other apps are going to use AI for their lesson plans. We talked about some of the dangers of AI in different aspects of life earlier this week. Babbel lessons are created by over 150 real language experts. They, you can learn from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, their speech recognition technology is going to help you improve your pronunciation and your accent. So again, El Pollo Loco is just going to roll off the tongue for you after a while. Right now, big time savings. You can save up to 60% off on your subscription when you go to babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash gojo. Again, babbel.com slash gojo is going to get you up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel is language for life. And in this case, Brandon, it is something that will help you be able to better pronounce El Pollo Loco. Well, since you've been dabbling in your lessons, could you tell me how to say I really like the name Cock Commander in Spanish? 
Maybe not really. Uh, me gusta. Well, I mean, I think it would be me gusta, me gusta mucho el nombre del pollo loco. Or no, this would be me, me, gusta, me gusta mucho el nombre cock commander. I don't know how you'd say cock me, commander in Spanish, but. I want to repeat it, though. Could you slow it down? Uh, me gusta. So, so I like is me gusta. I like me gusta. a lot is me gusta. Me gusta mucho. Me gusta mucho. El nombre, the name, cock commander. El nombre. Me gusta. El, el, el nombre. El nombre. Me gusta el nombre. Me gusta el nombre. Cock commander. Muy bueno. Muy bon. Si. El cock commander. Ooh, grande, grande cock commander. As always, we appreciate everyone who makes it this far in the podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. Go ahead and check out Babbel with our promo code so that you don't have to sound like Brandon speaking a different language in public. Thank you guys as always. Enjoy week zero of college football. When we come back next week, we do this thing for real. It'll be week one of college football. We'll be getting ready for the NFL in the upcoming weeks as well. We are back, baby. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. Adios.